So good afternoon, everyone that's here. Um, hey, Sister D, good to see your face. Um, it's a... Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna offer something. Please don't stop growing or please don't get to the place in the Lord that you think that you've grown so much that you that you're finished. And I know most people, yeah, I know that, but no, a lot of people don't. A lot of times we get so comfortable in what we know and what we believe that there's no room for God to expand us beyond our comforts. I was online. And I saw these two people arguing back and forth in, in a conversation about uh, saved is baptism. If you're not baptized, are you saved or are you saved because you baptized? And this is works and that's not works. And, it's, you know, and they're going back and forth with, you know, whether you must be baptized or not, you know, and they're, they're really just going back and forth. And, and it was, and it was, it was, it was uh, peaceful. It wasn't nasty or rude, but it was just like, they were really caught up in this to be or not to be baptized. Are you saved? And as I like listened to them, I know I came in already with an understanding of what was and what wasn't. But at this, as I listened to them, go back and forth. And this is not a conversation. This is, they're literally going back and forth in a, in a chat. At some point, I felt in my spirit, don't come in with your mind made up. Hear both sides clearly. They're both pulling up scripture. They're both taking a stand. Again, if it was hostile or violent, I would have shut it off. If, if, if it got nasty or anything like that, I would have shut it off. But they were talking about their beliefs and stands. And from the positions that both of them were coming from, they both had some very good and strong points. And as I listened, I said, well, God, who's right? They got opposing points, but they're both good. Who's right? And I got one quick answer from the Lord as I was listening. And I mean, I was reading. It was ongoing. And I said, who's right? And God said, I am. Only me. Nobody is correct. And none of you have really never understand the fullness of my love and grace until you get before my throne. You're limited to your human knowledge and understanding. And if it wasn't for my grace and my ability to love you in your foolishness and your stupidness and in your pride and your arrogance and in your self-righteous beliefs or your well-meaning beliefs, no one would be saved. Nobody's going to be saved apart from my grace. I'm right. There is no other right. I was like, yeah. I know that, but what's the right perspective religiously? Is it important? He said, 
the letter killeth, the spirit giveth life. People will argue their position and they're responsible for their stand. What do you mean by that? Well, let me, let me, let me make it real simple. And Romans, I think it's chapter eight, it ends where he's saying, whatever is not of faith is sin. God said, York, I convict you by what you know and how faithful you are to what you know. And that doesn't give us the right to just go make up the, the, the terms of our faith on our own. I get that. But everybody is responsible to where they're called and when they're called. Let me give you an example. Three men hanging on the cross, Jesus and two men on each side of him. The scripture says one begins to rail at him, you the son of man, bring yourself down. Other man took a stand against him, what the other man was saying and said, Lord, remember me in paradise. And Jesus said to him, you too will be with me. He didn't have a chance at that very moment where everybody disappeared one by one. He didn't have a chance at that very moment to decide his walk. He didn't have a chance to change his faith, his stand, to get the religious doctrine down, to understand all the concepts of what Jesus was talking about. We don't know where this man's life was and where he stood before that very moment. But at that moment, he accepted Jesus and Jesus said, you'll be there. I need you to understand this. So for that one moment decision, as his life is about to be brought to an end, he made a decision for the savior and the Lord said, you too will be with me. Each person is accountable for where they walk and where they stand. And that conviction between them and God is so important. But what about what the word said? The word is the word. You can't take the word away. But you can't be accountable to everybody's word. or You can't hold them accountable to your understanding or your conviction. You can't because they haven't gotten there yet. And if that's the case, then salvation is totally a works. God said, only I'm right. And what did he mean by only I'm right? Meaning there's only one way to salvation. That's through me. And all the other ordinances, yes, you should be baptized. Yes, you should do this. Yes, you should. But you're saved through me. And then you walk out your salvation with me. But don't put anything in front of me. There's only one way to salvation, and that's through Christ. There is no other way. There's only one way. It's not the water. It's not the anything else. It's the salvation. And then as we walk out our life, we are then charged to walk according to what he's put before us and, and grow and mature. And all of that's true. I've been in the world a long time. But I'm at the place where I'm saying, God, I, I really want to once again relearn 
throw out all of my religious precepts and concepts and relearn your word at your feet one more time. God matures us in that. And I want to not end this, but I want to bring this conversation or this point of to the closure by saying this. We must always come as children. I don't ever want to be so sure about the word, which I have become over time in times of my life that I now begin to dictate to God, dictate to God what my right stand is or the fact that I'm living right or the fact that I'm doing the right thing. I don't ever want to get to the place that I begin to believe that the walk or how good I'm walking or how not good I'm walking determines my salvation outside of Christ died for me and rose again. Just on the right hand of the Father interceded for me that he shed his blood that I may be redeemed. Now, why am I bringing this up this early in the message? Because I'm talking about God's protection. And I want to be careful and I want us to be careful that we don't come to the place that we conclude that how protected we are is based on how right we think we are in our walk. And it's a very, very slippery slope when we start to believe that the goodness of God and the mercy of God is dependent on how good we perceive ourselves to be. Not I say how good we are, because that's, there's no such thing, but how good we perceive ourselves to be at this season of our life. In other words, what I'm trying to say is that opens the door to the enemy bringing attacks against you and then convincing you that you had it coming because somehow you no longer in the grace of God, that somehow it's a slope that God slides up and down between. And one day he's all powerful and protective. And the next day, maybe not so much. Maybe some sin must be in your life. And all of this stuff starts to come up. Disobedience has definitely opened doors to things. But God's love and God's protection and God's covering doesn't move. I'm going to say that one more time. God's love, God's promise, God's provision, God's protection, God's covering, the plan of salvation doesn't change based on you at all. I have to watch where I let my flesh the enemy and the lies he tells me and the religious beliefs and, and so-called truths block out the move of God. I got to be careful that I don't become a scribe or a Pharisee. I got to be careful that I don't begin to, to negotiate in myself what I'm worthy of and not worthy of. I don't have a right to make that decision and neither do you. God paid for it. He paid for it. And as that, and because of that, I have what his word says I have. And with that said, last week we were on Psalms 127. And um, and I don't want to go to all of that again because I, I, I don't want to get lost to where we're going. But um, I did want to just go, graze over one part again. And I want to go back to Psalms 27. And I want us to go to verse four. Well, verse maybe three, no, four. And I want to bring that in, and then I want to move on to my next verses. Well, no, I got to go to three. Though an army, army beseech me, my heart will not fear. 
the war break out against me, even in this, I will be confident. This to my, my words, what I'm saying to you right here to what I just said a minute ago. Though an army besiege me, though me, my heart will not fear. Say will not. It's important. Not might not. Not there's a good chance it won't. We got to take a stand. Will not fear. The war break out against me. Even then I will be confident. Now listen to me to where I started. And then you're going to see how it ties in. If I'm believing that God's goodness or grace or mercy or covering is based on my, my behavior at this time or this day, I will not have that confidence. I will not have that trust that though a war breaks out against me or something comes at me, that I'm covered. That I won't have that if I'm judging God's merits or God's goodness on my behavior. I won't have that. It's impossible to believe that you have God's protection when you are being convinced that you should be judged or punished or persecuted for something that you didn't do right. I, I just cussed at somebody 10 minutes ago. Now here comes an attack. And now I don't feel strong to stand against that attack because I believe that I'm now abandoned by God to some degree. And what's happening to me, I brought on myself and I deserve it. I, I, I hope you're understanding me right now today. That is so subtle, but it's a trick that the devil uses every day, all day. When you say, I believe for God to protect me now, I believe God to bless me now, I just submitted this prayer before God, I'm believing for an answer. The first thing he will do is his job. He's the accuser of the brethren. He would say, what makes you think you should have that? And why do you think you, you know how many times you did this? How many, what makes you think you worthy of that? No, you are worthy of this kind of problem or whatever that is I'm bringing against you now. And you have to accept it because you are no longer worthy of the goodness of God. And that's a horrible deception because now I'm judging God's grace and God's deliverance and God's savior based on one minute after another, day by day, step by step. So how are you going to be confident if a war is raised against you, if the enemy can throw something at you? And Jesus, Lord, help me say this simple, because I'm really trying to get this point across. Do you know the enemy knows when he's about to attack? He, you know, you, you, you do know that, right? He knows when he has a plan to attack you and, when he, and what he wants to do, right? Do you think that possibly that attack is pre-planned or set up? I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a structure person. I like to put my ducks in a row. I think we think the enemy just throws something and just see what happens. I think he lays things out. So yesterday, you're going to argue with your mama. And, and I'm going to make her say that thing that gets you so upset and you're going to say some things. And then today I'm going to throw this attack, knowing that I already set you up with three or four things before to make you feel unworthy to take a stand. Or to make you feel unworthy to believe that God's goodness is yours. I, I, I believe strategically, not just haphazardly, the enemy throws his lies.
I think they they sat around and they come up with a plan. As foolish as it is, if we stay clear with God, but he throws a plan. Hoping and believing that we don't have a defense anymore. And our only defense is Christ died for my sins. My only defense is I'm redeemed from the curse of the law for curses the one who hung on the tree that I might be saved. I, I, that's the only defense I have. But if I can get focused on myself, I will never see what God is truly doing or what the, or the lie that the enemy is telling. I feel like I'm tripping over my words a little bit, but I hope you'll get what I'm saying to you. It's never been dependent on me. It's never been dependent on how good I am or, 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 or I am not. It's always been dependent on his love. And then how good I am comes as a result of my walk with him in this love. Are you with me? Say it's not about me. So I'm going to go back to this verse. Even though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Even though war break out against me, even in this I will be confident. The one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in his house or in his salvation of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. So the beauty of the Lord is the salvation, his glory, his splendor, his majesty, his wonder. I must be focused on him and not what the enemy is doing, or what the enemy is saying. I must be in his presence I must be focused. Somebody say, I must be focused. I will be focused. I am focused on the Lord. As long as I'm focused on the Lord, he can bring me out. As long as I'm focused on me, it's a problem. I don't know what you did wrong and how many times you did it. But I do know that your focus on him and his beauty will solve that problem. Focus on his deliverance, not on your shortcomings. Focus on his caring, not on your hardness of heart. If you focus on him, he'll deliver you. There's no deliverance outside of him. There's no salvation outside of him. There's no well-being outside of him. There's only one road to salvation, and there's only one road to purity. And that's in him. See. So let's let's let I want to move on now. I'm talking about God's protection. He protects me when I'm in his presence. Somebody bear witness with me today. Come on now. He protects me when I'm in his presence. He protects me, he protects you when you're in his presence. When you feel confused and you know to put on your worship music and you know you to get in prayer and you know you to get on you know, your face before him, what are you doing? You're getting in his presence. And let me just, God, I didn't want to stay on this this long, but I'll stay wherever you want me to stay, Lord. Let, let, let's, let, let me just make sure I, I put this in front of us. Not in his presence rehearsing your issues. Not in his presence crying about your problem. 
in his presence, just worshiping him and thanking him for his goodness, his mercy and grace and saying, you got me out before, you'll get me out again. You never forsake me before, you won't forsake me now. Just talking to him about his goodness, not about your badness, but about his goodness. So if that's your time before his prayer, talking about what's wrong with you, that's why you're not getting breakthroughs. Just stop that. Just stop that. Talk about it. David encouraged himself in the Lord. What did he do? He got before the Lord and he he's all in the Psalms and he talked about all the times before you brought me through, all the times before you brought me out, all the times it looked like my enemy had me down, but you bring you brought me out anyway. I'm saying to you, your deliverance and your protection is in rehearsing the goodness of the Lord. That's where it is. It's not your shortcomings, it's not your problems, it's not your weaknesses, it's not your fears, and it's not you talking about them. You talk about them, you keep them. They might increase. You stand there rehearsing them, you keep them. They may even increase. I'm not, I'm talking about even on your knees in prayer. At some point, you need to drop the problem and you need to start to talk about his deliverance. I'm in your presence. And what does it mean to behold his beauty? That means you in his presence talking about how good he is. That's beholding his beauty. There's one thing I desire to be in your house, to be in your presence and beholding your beauty. Well, you can't behold, beholding your mess if you're beholding his beauty. Can't do them both. Say, my deliverance is in praising him and putting myself in remembrance of his goodness. I'm going to take a quick side journey. I, I've been walking through some things, going through some things, struggling with a few things here and there. And I kept going before God saying, God, I can't take it. It's just too much. I, you know, I, I'm just praying for your strength, Lord, just. Give me strength, God, you know, just I'm praying for your strength. This may sound, this prayer may sound familiar to some of you. You know, just give me strength, Lord. I, I, I repent for my shortcomings, my wrongs. I know I haven't done everything right. Lord, I just, you know, it's just it's so hard. If you just give me the strength, Lord, I trust you, Lord. I believe in you, Lord. I trust you, Lord, if you give me strength. And, and, and I wrapped up and God said to me, now, what percentage of that prayer was beholding me? I was like, Wow. Like 90% of that prayer was rehearsing the problem, wasn't it? He said, yeah, it was. So what percentage of this did you really give me to work with? I work through your spirit. I work in you, both to willing to do my good pleasure. So if I got to work this problem out in and through you, then how am I going to do it when 90% of your conversation before me was what the problem is? God said, I, no, he spoke to me like this. I heard you say, I can't at least five times. I heard you say it's hard at least 10 times. I heard you said, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so I'm, I'm, I'm heavy. I'm you, you apologize at least 50 times. He said, I'm trying to figure where was the point where my beauty was focused? Wow. He said, respecting your apology, son. You gave your spirit nothing to work with. Can you stop saying I can't? Can you stop saying I'm so tired? Can you stop saying it hurts so bad? Can you stop talking about all of that? And can you just get in my presence and 
and talk about what I've done for you and what you know I can do. Can you change your conversation? Can you get before me and really worship? Because none of that was worship, son. And he said, and even though I hear you and I love you and I'm there for you, he said, I can't do anything with anything you're saying. You're saying, God, I know you can help me and I know you can make it and I know you can give me the strength and I know you can make me strong. He said, but even in that, are you listening to me, saints? He said, even in that, there's no statement of faith. That's a one day, someday type thing. I know you can if you want to. I know you can give, give me strength, Lord. He said, and not one statement in there was a statement or a decree or a standard. Not one of it. You didn't hold up the flag one time and put raise a standard. You said what I could do. And you said, you know that I will do it. And it was all in the someday motion. But everything that was pressuring you, you were speaking in the now. Your now faith was in what you're going through, not in what I can do. And I went, wow. I said, I just spent all that time with you pretty much like just polluting the atmosphere, huh? Just speaking or, listen to me, saints, decreeing what is as if it's the standard of what could be and maybe God could help me. But I magnified what is as the position and according to your faith, be it unto me. So I had to stop and I had to pray for God. Take that from me, not God, just make it better. Please change my speech. Please change the way I come to you. Please change what I bring before your throne. Forgive me for polluting your atmosphere with all my issues. See, a lot of saints ain't going to want to hear that, but it is, just, it is the truth. Forgive me for polluting your atmosphere with a bunch of junk that don't even exist in your kingdom. So somebody can't call me. And they started talking. Junk. You know, just sharing their opinion about things. There was no argument or nothing. And a few sentences into the conversation, my spirit went, look, you ever had that feeling? You talking to somebody, friend, family, doesn't matter. And they didn't even get a few sentences in and your spirit was just like, ugh, ugh. And I said, stop, stop. No, let me finish this. You let me, stop. I gotta go. Because my atmosphere was being contaminated by this disgusting, and it wasn't disgusting like dirty sin. It was just, it was just the life they live ain't the life I live. And what's normal and natural for them is not normal and natural for me. And I was like, Bleh. And it was making me feel tempted. It wasn't making me feel, you know, maybe I want to go do what they're doing. It didn't do any of that. It just made me feel nasty dirty, like the room around me was getting, anybody bear witness to what I'm talking about today? And I said, stop. And God said to me, you see that feeling you had? When you come to me with all your mess, that's what it feels like. I just want to say to you, stop 
Can you magnify me and focus on my beauty? Can you not bring me all your earthly human mess and cloud up my throne room? Can you just stop and behold my presence? And the saints of God said, so I'm on a quest right now to stop that, to watch my mouth when I go before God, like sort that bull crap out and then come before him. And if you're going to bring that, say, here's the stuff that's facing me. But I know your word says this and you promised this and you did it before and you do it again. And glory be to your name. You have never left me nor forsake me and when I am weak it is then that you are strong because your strength is perfected in my weakness and begin to let 90% of your conversation be in recognition of his deliverance his goodness and his blessings and his covering amen I don't think that God has a problem with you sharing what you're feeling but it shouldn't start and end there and amen it should start there. Here's my petition. These are the things that are concerning me. It says, make your request known with thanksgiving, petition, thanksgiving prayer. Petition, then begin to thank him, praise him, prayer with his word, talk about all his goodness, and praise him, and get up from there. So if you're going to be there for, for 15 minutes, then at least divide it up evenly. Take the first five and talk your junk. Take the next five, give them your petition and then, then worship and praise them out the rest of them. I would say just give the, the other stuff two or three minutes and then use the other time to just glorify him and talk about his goodness and all the things he's done good for you in the past. And then thank him with his word. I, it, it's a process, babies. We got to work on it. But when you pray today, when you get on your knees tonight, when you open up your word tonight, I want you to consciously begin to practice. Okay, God, I'm going to just give a few seconds to this mess. I'm going to talk about it. But I'm going to give a, just a little bit of attention to that because I want to make sure I got on my list. I don't care if you got to write it down. Right? Are you listening to me? Here's, here's how I'm seeing it. Write down... Your, your prayer list, as you call it, or your petitions, and then write down a list of all the stuff he's already done, too. So after you talk about your issues and your stuff and what you believe in for, then say, oh, and let me just walk through my thank you list of all the stuff you've already done. Let me make sure we give some focus to that. And then ending it in praise would be real easy once you walk through your thank you list. You understand what I'm saying? If you come in with your whiny list and you end with your whiny list, getting into worship is a little hard. But if you come in, you drop that mess and then you go through your thank you list or come somebody can, can just praise God for something, you know, and just praise him for your, your thank you list. Then ending it in worship is going to be real easy. It's just going to start coming out. You're going to start jumping up and running around the room or whatever you do. Everybody have their way of doing it. Shake and go in your tremors and start having the earthquakes, whatever it is, whatever it is you do to do your worship thing. You know, your hamashamayamas, whatever you have to do. Once you go to your thank you list. That's going to come so easy. That's going to flow so natural. Thank you, Angie, for putting the scripture up there, Philippians 4. 
um, six prayer petition and Thanksgiving. Yeah, bring your prayer, bring your stuff and then give them your petition and then just wrap it up with a whole bunch of Thanksgiving. And not just not trying to think of it, because when you're trying to think of some time when you're going through your mess, you can't remember the good stuff. Have it written out. Have a list that you keep. Write one big list if you want to and just bring it all the time and keep adding to it. I'm just giving you some ideas. I'm, I'm doing what I do right now for my business. I'm, I'm like structuring and brainstorming as I'm going. I'm saying I, I want to come before him with the list of the good. Somebody say amen to that. Just, just with the list of the goods. I don't want to end it on a bad note. I don't want to be like the news. I want to be like the, the, the CNN and Fox and start with bad stuff and then end with bad stuff and then throw a little good, happy story in the middle about a puppy somebody saved. But all everything else is death and murder and killing. Listen, I want to just give a little report on what I'm dealing with. And then I want to talk about all your goodness. And I didn't plan to stay on this verse this long, but but I just really just felt in my spirit that God was saying to me, you got to tell them this. You got to beat this, beat this into my children, that though an army besiege you, your heart won't fear. Though a war break out against me, even then I will be confident. Well, how? Because I got one thing. I got one weapon. I got one, 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 one powerful, powerful, powerful weapon. And that's the only thing I'm going to seek. What's that? That I dwell in your house, Lord, all the days, and I just gaze on your beauty. I just look at your goodness and your mercy all this time. And once I'm doing that, anything that's going on around me fades and pales in comparison. All I see is you, Lord God. All I see is you. All I know is you. All I can think about is you. And even though I got more verses and more scriptures that I figured, okay, we did this, I'm gonna go for it. I don't want to mess with this. I just want to, I just want to marinate in this right here, if that's all right with you. I just want to focus on his beauty. I just want to focus on his goodness. And man, there's so many good things we can think of. Even while I'm talking to you, you can start writing your list down. Even while I'm preaching, you can start pulling up the goods that you can remember. And as you start writing, God will start bringing more and more. And just let that list be a growing list. Just let it, let it be a living list. And just keep adding to it as God gives you. And when you get before a throne, sometimes you might say, you know, God, I don't even want to talk about all that mess once we get grown enough. I just want to talk about all the good and then say, what's next? I just want to talk about all the good you've done and all the great, great and precious promises. And then I want to say, so what's next, daddy? I ain't want, you, you know the stuff, you see it, you hear it. So I don't need to bring that. Let's talk about you and your goodness and your mercy. I think that if we agree together, and this is what I'm asking for as I bring this message to a close. If we agree together for each other, that we're going to pray for each other in this area, we're going to hold each other up. That even when we speak to each other and we call each other and say, you know, I got some concerns and things. And I want you to do it to me, too. Say, OK, well, you, you, you got your good stuff before I even start listening to whatever your issues and problems are. You got your good list. Can we can we vow to do that for one another? We're going to end this talking about the good stuff, right? And, you know, some of you know the stuff I've been going through. I've been talking about my mess and my mess and my mess. Oh, my God. And God, that's what God said to me. Okay. Okay. I know what your problems are. Can you behold my beauty? 
Can you sit in my presence? Can you just fellowship with me? Just can you just do that? Yeah. God, I didn't just, just, just made you a sounding board, haven't I? Yes, son, you have. And God is so good. He's so loving. He'll never throw you out the throne room. He'll let you sit in there. But he's like, but you're not giving me much to work with, son, daughter. You're not giving me much to work with. Come before me. Talk to me about our relationship. Talk to me about our relationship. God said, I don't want to hear no more stuff about your family. I don't want to hear nothing about your, your son, your this. I don't want to hear it. Just, I already know. I saw it before it happened. Talk to me about us. And if you do, I'll change everything around you. Everything and everyone in your sphere, I'll change it. So I'm, I'm, I'm making a conscious decision and I'm sharing it with you. I've been practicing it in some of the areas of my life and it's been working. So, amen and amen. Um, I have nothing else for you today. I'm just gonna say a prayer. So Father, we come before you today. I know we're convicted in our hearts. We want your goodness. We want to dwell in your house. We want to behold your beauty. That means to look at, to gaze at, to stare upon, to take in. We want to just dwell in it, God, for the rest of our lives. All the days of my life, the psalmist says. Forgive us for polluting the throne room with junk all the time and coming to you with every problem all the time and not taking the time to thank you and honor you for the good that you've done and continue to do every day. So we're not going to feel shame and guilt. We're going to say thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring. Thank you for keeping every tear we shed in vials. Thank you for numbering every hair on our head. Thank you for knowing us before we were in our mother's womb. Thank you for saying a thousand will come this way and that way, but they should not be in my sight. A thousand will fall here, 10,000 there, but we'll be protected. Thank you for promising me that I can come under your wings and be safe. Thank you, Lord, that no evil misfortune or calamity should before the righteous. We thank you for these promises. They're ours. They're ours. And we will focus on that from this point on. And we bless you, Lord God, for blessing us, for being such a blessing. We bless you. We speak well of you. We speak on your goodness. We pray for our family and our friends. We pray for those who are not saved. We pray for those who don't even try to care about us, you, or your word. But we know, God, that if we continue to walk in your goodness and your love, our words won't matter. Our fruit will speak. So we come before you humbly. We love you. We honor you. We need you. We thank you. We leave all our junk they had to do it for you to sort it. We cast our cares, as your word says, on you and let you take care of it. Teach us how. Teach us how to be consistent. 
in the same name of our Savior, we love you so much. In our name, in our name, our Savior Jesus, we thank you. Amen. And amen. Amen. Thank you for your time and your ears.